Welcome to East Texas News Roundup for the week ending August the 16th, 2019. East Texas News Roundup is a weekly review of the news in five southeast Texas counties covered by Polk County Publishing Company newspapers, including Tyler, Polk, Trinity, San Jacinto, and Houston counties by the editors of those five newspapers. Polk County Publishing Company manager Kelly Barnes kicks off this week's podcast. Hello everyone, this is Kelly Barnes and I'm coming to you from the offices of the Polk County Enterprise in downtown Livingston, Texas. Uh, Thank you all for joining us. I'm looking at the paper and besides it being so extremely hot outside, there is still a lot of things going on. I noticed that there's a story in the Sunday, August 11th issue of the paper that Battleship Texas is closing to the public for a while. It's going to be doing some repairs. And so there's a story in the paper on that. There is a civil lawsuit filed seeking the removal of Precinct 4 Constable. You've probably already heard about that story from last time. Bubba Piper has two criminal complaints that were filed against him at the Polk County Criminal District Attorney's Office. And so there's this civil lawsuit. The action was filed on Monday. And let's see what it says. The petition seeks the removal for official misconduct and two probable cause affidavits sworn to by the Texas Ranger James Hicks, providing details of two acts that led to Piper's arrest for theft by public official and tampering with a witness. So there's more to that story and it's here in the Sunday Enterprise. Livingston Independent School District faculty and staff have spent the week attending professional development training in preparation for the school years. There's a lot going on that's new at Livingston ISD this year, and if you've been keeping up with it, then you do know that there are apps and certain ways that you have to register for school this year, and all of it is for the protection of the children to make things more fair, and we encourage you all to cooperate with Livingston ISD as they implement all these new changes tax office to close. In order to provide training for employees, all Polk County tax offices were closed on Wednesday, August 14th. So that was news prior to that happening. County commissioners discuss tax rate and the sales tax income for Polk County is continuing to climb. Those are stories here in the enterprise. Also, I see a support for SPCA of Polk County. Looks like a thousand dollar donation. And this was from Remax Lake Livingston owners Chuck and Maggie Miller. So so thank you to Chuck and Maggie for supporting the SBCA. This is the organization that keeps stray animals off of our streets in Polk County and also helps to provide them the care they need and helps to find them good homes. A reward has been increased for the most wanted sex offender. His name is Leonard Taylor and he's 47. He's on the most wanted list and he has failure to comply with his sex offender registration requirements and any tips that you can offer, there is a reward, and they're telling you call Crime Stoppers hotline 1-800-252-TIPS, or you can submit a web tip at the DPS website, which is www.dps.texas.gov forward slash Texas 10 most wanted forward slash most wanted, and the 10 in that is the number 10. 
Goodrich Volunteer Fire Department's Chief Kenneth Hambrick accepts a donation check from American Legion Post 312's Commander John Benoit and Daniel Benoit. And so thank you to them. Pedigo is doing a tax-free sale, and that went on tax-free weekend. That's good. I'm glad they're keeping us posted on those things. And let's see what's going on in the world of sports. Fishing Fever. August 1 marked the beginning of a 31-day countdown to the opening day of the 2019-2020 Dove season in most of Texas. So keep up with Texas Parks and Wildlife Department and they'll keep you posted on what's going on. There's an article in the paper that talks about fees for all the different licenses that you can get for hunting and fishing. Lion Roar in the paper, again, which will be going on now every week this year. And Livingston ISD district employees are ready to roar. So you can get the paper and keep up with that. The 65th Beef Cattle Short Course was completed in College Station and more than 2,300 people came to this short course that was held August 5th through 7th in College Station. Let's see what else we have going on. Going on to the Thursday paper for August 15th. A few of those things from Sunday's paper have already passed past. Alabama Cushata Tribe announces an interim police chief. They have Lieutenant James Cooper is acting police chief effective August 5th, and they have not commented on the departure of the former police chief, but the new Texas peace officer has been employed with the tribe since 2018 and has been in law enforcement for over 30 years. Tribal spokesman Christy Sullivan added that the tribal's policy is not to comment on personal matters, so they are not talking talking about this disagreement about the sale or distribution of badges without the tribe's consent, which is something that someone had said happened, but the tribe will not comment on that. Sheriff candidates to discuss issues. Okay, it's getting that time. Candidates who have announced their intention to seek the Republican nomination for the position of Polk County Sheriff during 2020 primary will take part in a panel discussion on September the 10th. So there's something we can go to. Saturday, November 9th is the first date to which the candidates can file for place on the March 3rd primary ballot, and that ends Monday, December the 9th. So those of you out there who are planning to run for office, I do want you to know that the Polk County Enterprise has a policy, and the complete policy you can call and talk to anyone here at the office to find out exactly what it is. But you have about four weeks from the time you file to the time you can have an actual free announcement in the newspaper that will run your photo and a certain number of words that you can talk to the community about your intent to run for office. And you don't want to wait too late because in the past, there have been times when we would run those later, but we have a new policy that's in effect for our entire group. And it is necessary that within in just a few weeks of you announcing, you must come here and do that. And we would strongly encourage that. And then, of course, we'll look forward to your political ads where you can really speak to the community on that. And any salesperson here can help you with that. Looks like Corrigan ISD has earned a B rating. And this is the preliminary results from Texas Education Agency Accountability. And the spokesperson, Paula Martin, who's the district curriculum director, said, we keep trying to improve third, fourth and fifth grade but we haven't done anything with pre-K and kindergarten, first and second, so we still have those gaps. So their school knows that they have a little bit of a problem, and they're already working to take steps to fix those things. And so we are behind you, Corgan ISD, and look forward to hearing an update on your scores. There's a puppy van. The SBCA has purchased a van for animal transports. That's exciting. Greg Peak, our editor here, did a story about Veterans Court given the green light by county. 
The creation of a regional veterans treatment court serving a three-county area was given approval Tuesday by Polk County Commissioner's Court when they adopted a resolution calling for its creation. And once it's established, the court would serve Polk, Trinity, and San Jacinto counties, the same three counties that are served by the 258th and 411th judicial districts. That sounds like really good news. There's a picture of the van. The SBCA of Polk County acquired this 24-passenger bus that will be used to transport animals from its Livingston shelter to other shelters with available space. Area businesses are asked to purchase ad space on the bus to help offset its operating costs. Well, that's interesting. There is a new bus, and I'm glad because sometimes there's just not enough people to adopt here in Polk County, but there are bigger cities who are looking for animals, and we can send them there. Representatives of Georgia Pacific Wood Products were guest speakers at a recent meeting of the Livingston Rotary Club. And they're shown during this meeting how plywood is created. And they spoke about how the Camden Mill has provided jobs and given back to the community for 40 years. Barbara White, one of our favorite writers, former editor of Polk County Enterprise, always does a looking back 25 years. And since it's back to school, she has file photo of parents leading their children to Livingston Primary School on August 15, 1994, which was the first day of school 25 years ago. The district reported an increase in enrollment of approximately 300 students from the previous year, bringing the student population to over 3,630 at that time. And that's interesting. Also in August of 1994, just in time for the start of a new school year, Betty Jackson formerly assistant principal, was named as the new principal of Livingston Elementary School. She replaced Dr. John Spies, who had resigned and become elementary principal in Wiley ISD near Dallas. The transition would be relatively seamless since Jackson had spent 30 years in education and was no stranger to the elementary school where she had taught since the mid-1980s before being named assistant principal in 1992. Her stories are always super interesting. Well, there's a $35,000 back-to-school bash at Noscala for parents, of course. You have to be 21 or older to go to Noscala, but it looks like they're going to have a drawing August 17 and 18, noon to 6 p.m. each day. So you need to get on down to the Noscala and take advantage of that opportunity. Don't forget the best of Polk County. The ballot is in the paper, and boy, are they coming in. Lots of people are entering the best of Polk County contest, and this is an opportunity for us to brag on our businesses. There'll be a first, second, and third winner in each category. There's 145 different listings, and all the listings that receive um, votes will be in a special section on November 3rd, and that's exciting and new, and you can bring your ballots to the Polk County Enterprise office at 100 Calhoun in Livingston. Brian Besh is bringing us some volleyball in the paper. The Corgan Camden Lady Dogs defended home court this past Tuesday, fending off on Alaska 3-1 to secure the win. Corgan claimed a back-and-forth battle in the opening. That set was tied at 24 near the end, and the second set was never close after the home team began on 8-0 run. On Alaska recovered to take the third set, leading most of the way after an early tie. In the final set, the Lady Cats came back from down 11-7 to tie the set, but Corrigan utilized a 10-2 run, put the set and match away. So we can look forward to Brian covering sports, volleyball, football. It's all coming up. Corrigan Camden head coach Sage Gardner said, They work hard. Our chemistry is awesome. They love each other, and they want to be around each other all the time. Normally, you don't have that with teenage girls. I think 
think it is going to be a good year, and I think we are going to be scrappy. I'm excited. So that's just a little taste of what you're going to have in the paper for the next several weeks from our sports editor, Brian Besh, and we look forward to that. I thank you all for listening. Hey, folks, this is Valerie Riddell, editor of the San Jacinto News Times, and I wish I had some really nice, cool news, but at least we have gotten a little bit of rain on Wednesday, so maybe we can escape the Saharan weather here locally. San Jacinto County Sheriff's Office has been quite busy. They are investigating a shooting that occurred on Sunday night in the 1300 block of US 59 South. Detective Gary Sharpen says they have been given conflicting reports on what led to the shooting. Uh, Two brothers were shot and one was killed. The other was flown to an area hospital. And I still don't really have much of a condition report. They have promised me an update on Thursday. So as soon as I know more, I will post that on our online versions of the News Times. The suspect is also a Hispanic male, and they have tentatively identified him as Miguel Silvas of Shepard. And he left the scene fleeing north on 59. So if you have any information on where to find Miguel, I'm sure that tip could make you eligible for a Crime Stoppers reward. Just call the Sheriff's Department and pass that along and they can hook you up. They've also handled another disturbance involving a female victim, a former boyfriend and her brother. Apparently on August 8th, a little bit after 1 p.m., this woman, Lakin Champagne, was confronted by Toby Whitley, who's 33 and lives in Shepherd. He was angry and pointed the barrel of a rifle at her and then chambered around while it was pointed at her. He ordered her to turn around and she complied. What he did not realize is that Lakin had a knife and so she used that to defend herself. She did stab him in the neck. They began to fight over the rifle, but eventually she got away and ran out of the residence. He fired one shot at her as she was leaving. She ran out into the street and And it just so happened that her brother was driving by and he came to her aid. But Toby had managed to make out to his vehicle, even though he had this pretty serious stab wound. But he drove his car directly for uh, the brother and sister. He struck the brother's vehicle and that force pushed Douglas 10 feet from where he originally stopped his vehicle and left him trapped between his car and another object. He was taken to the hospital. Whitley, he had drove on to a home in Liberty County. And Liberty County deputies and EMS workers took him to the hospital. And he was in critical condition, but he's also in custody for the assault. He has been previously charged with unlawful restraint. And that also was an incident that victimized Lakin Champagne. And he has a previous charge of burglary on his record. Lakin's brother, Douglas, suffered several broken bones. And he was taken to the hospital by EMS as well. So we will probably be offering updates for that in the future. The Cold Spring Council has approved $74,000 for road repairs. I'm sure that's great news for everybody who uses those streets. City Attorney Greg McGee uh, gave them an update on the process of creating a municipal court that will help with enforcing ordinances in that community. I'm sure it's still to be determined who exactly is going to enforce those city ordinances since it's something that typically state and county officers don't uh, monitor. We have also just released today on Thursday all of the area accountability reports on the school districts all throughout Texas. Cold Spring, I spoke with Cassie Gregory. She's very happy with 
along with other officials at the Cold Spring Oakhurst ISD. We'll be offering details and a breakdown on that in the next couple of days. Shepherd is continuing to struggle. District-wide, they did receive another F. I'm still trying to reach state and local officials to find out exactly what that means and what possible repercussions that could have for staff, elected officials, and students in the Shepherd ISD. So stay cool, be safe out there, and we'll catch you next week. Bye-bye. Howdy, everybody. Chris Edwards here, bringing you the news from down Tyler County Way, taken from this week's edition of the Tyler County Booster. So, how's everybody doing out there? Well, we're trying to stay dry here in Tyler County. It's been a pretty rainy couple of days for all the kiddos that are getting back to school. Today's the first day of classes for most of Tyler County, and Wednesday, yesterday, was the first day of classes for one of the districts in the county. So that's a good thing, though. A little rain to water the grass and make things green again and kind of beat some of that heat away from us. So yeah. Our top story this week comes from a commissioner's court meeting that was held Monday morning. The commissioners received some updates from Judge Jacques Blanchette about the ongoing work to the courthouse that's being done through a remediation project in compliance with the Texas Historical Commission to eventually be able to restore the courthouse. Now, there were two items that were discussed, one of which was voted upon, and another one that's a standing informational item on the agenda. Now, the thing that was an agenda item up for vote concerned some roof repairs that need to be done at the courthouse. Now, this has been an ongoing concern, and now it's to the point where they, it's kind of do or die, and they voted to go ahead and authorize LaBeach Architectural Group to begin repairs on the roof. Judge Blanchette explained that this particular kind of work is separate from the remediation project and the uh, eventual restoration work. This is a necessity that's statutorily they're allowed to do and, and they're able to use the same firm that's doing the architectural preservation work on the courthouse, which is the Beaumont-based LaBeach Architectural Group. So that was approved. And under an item on the agenda that they have ongoing uh, for information, Judge Blanchette, which concerns the courthouse remediation work, Judge Blanchette updated the commissioners and everybody present on where the project is at right now. Now, LaBeach, has about 30% of the work done on its drawings for the overall project. When that phase is complete, all the drawings will be submitted to the Historical Commission for their approval and to go ahead and move forward with the actual work on the project. And Judge Blanchett said that that's where they're at right now. They're just awaiting that additional work to be done by the firm. So there is some movement on the project. Just an update there. Moving right along, another story that came out of Tyler County this past week was an arrest that happened in the Warren area. When investigators were working the area from both Tyler and Hardin counties, they conducted a traffic stop on a vehicle that failed to come to a stop at a stop sign. And they had been watching this vehicle as it had been traveling erratically along Farm to Market Road 1943 East. Now, there were two men in the vehicle, one of whom the driver was identified as Dresden Jamore Chapman, a 26-year-old Warren man, and a passenger who was identified as Cass Aaron Sherd, a 31-year-old Woodville man. When the investigators were given consent to search the vehicle, they found a little baggie that contained a crystal-like substance and a $100 bill. Now, what makes this newsworthy is that they believe the $100 bill to be a counterfeit. 
And Sheriff Brian Weatherford said that right now the Tyler County Sheriff's Department is working with the Secret Service to determine the authenticity and origin of the bill. In Texas, forgery of money is a third-degree felony, and it can carry a sentence of between two and ten years in prison. This was interesting to me because a gentleman came into the booster office not but a week ago with a fake $100 bill that he had gotten from the bank and had told me that this was a thing that was going on and keeping my ears out about this. And so keep abreast of that. We might have a follow-up about this if it's a problem in the area. Two men, both of whom were arrested, were taken into custody of Tyler County Sheriff's Department and booked in a Tyler County jail. The substance that Chapman possessed tested positive as methamphetamine and was weighed at 2.1 grams. He posted bond, but the other guy, Cash Sherd, had several warrants out for previous incidents, and he remains in jail. Another thing that's coming up in Tyler County, if you're looking for something to do that's probably going to be a lot of fun and might hopefully be a regular thing, Chamber Fest is coming to Tyler County on August the 31st from 10 a.m. until 10 p.m. in Woodville, which that's a full day of events. The Tyler County Chamber of Commerce is hosting this event that they've called Chamber Fest. And I spoke with Savannah Pike, who is now the marketing PR person at the Chamber, and she said that this is all part of an effort to let the people know that the Chamber is still active here in Tyler County and try to get more involvement going. She said that this is something that they're hoping to make a regular occurrence, and there are several things that are plan for this event. They've got live music, got a car show, a cook-off, and there's going to be vendors all over the courthouse square. A lot of this is going to take place right outside the courthouse, like the live music and the cook-off, but the classic car show is going to be right behind Sullivan's Hardware Store in that parking lot. August 31st, it's a Saturday from 10 a.m. until 10 p.m. It's going to be free, and you can come, and if you want to participate, there's spaces for people to participate in the cook-off, and also if you're a classic car enthusiast, and have a, a really cool rat rod or old school, old really neat stepside Chevy or anything like that, contact the chamber and let them know you want to participate. Savannah said they're also looking for any performers or musicians who might be interested in playing the, the show at the courthouse. And they'll have a stage set up and full backline PA, all that. For anybody who might be interested in any of that, if you're interested in performing as a band or, or artist, you can contact Savannah at 409 377 4045, and anyone who's wishing to show their vehicle in the Classic Car Show or to compete in the cook-off, you can contact Joe Blackshear, who's in charge of those events, and his number is 409-790-4149. So again, Chamberfest 2019, it sounds like it's going to be a really cool deal, so come on out and have some fun. It's free for the whole family, and yeah, I know I'll be there. Alrighty, well come to the end of my segment. If you're in Tyler County, be sure and pick up this week's edition of the Tyler County Booster. Get all those stories and a lot more news from around the county that you can get caught up on. And next week, we're going to have a photo page uh, full of pictures that parents have taken from their kids' first day of school. Buy one next week, too, to check that out. It'll be pretty cool. And speaking of which, since this is the first day of school for most all the Tyler County school children, except for Coleman Neal, who started a day early, I want to leave you guys with this question. Here. This is actually from Benjamin Franklin, one of our great elder statesmen, and it goes like this An investment in knowledge pays the best interest. 
So think about that. An investment in knowledge pays the best interest. If you're in school, um, whether it's public school, you know, anywhere from kindergarten to 12th grade, or even I know it's easy to kind of jade it in college too. If it seems like it's a drag or whatever, and you're just going through the motions, just think of it in that context there that slow and steady wins the race, I guess, that it will pay great dividends in the not so distant future. Because I guarantee you, you might be in first grade now and it might just seem like the biggest drag ever, but before you know it, you will be walking across the stage to grab that sheepskin in your senior year and then wishing you were back in school, I guarantee you. So enjoy these days while you can and learn as much as you can. So yeah, that's my two cents on it. So anyhow, thank you so much for listening. My name is Chris Edwards and we'll catch you next time. Later. This week in Trinity County, two arrests were made in connections with crimes that were committed in Woodlake. The first arrest was August 7th when Edward King Jr. turned himself into the Trinity County Sheriff's Office in connection with the theft at a Woodlake residence. King was caught on surveillance camera at the residence on August 3rd stealing a battery from an excavator as well as a screen and transmitter off of a boring machine. The video was posted to social media and he was quickly identified and he turned himself in four days later. The other crime that took place in Woodlake involved animal cruelty. On August 6, Trinity County Sheriff's deputies went to a residence in Woodlake in which they found several malnourished animals and a few dead animals. And a few days later, Danielle Maynard King, no relation to Edward King, was arrested on four counts of animal cruelty. She was actually detained in Montgomery County and transferred to Trinity County. And football season is back in Trinity County. Trinity, Groveton, and Apple Springs all began practice for the 2019 season last week. After a couple of days of heat acclimation period and strength and conditioning drills, all three schools donned the pads and went at it full contact. After hitting each other this week, they will finally get to hit somebody else tomorrow night. Trinity will host Love Lady in a preseason scrimmage. Groveton will travel to Simpson for its preseason scrimmage. And Apple Springs visits Chester in a preseason scrimmage. Each team will have preseason scrimmages next week. And each team will start the regular season August 30th. And speaking of success, Trinity native Daniel Happel is a petty officer third class in the United States Navy. He is stationed on the USS Halsey, a guided missile destroyer that is operating out of Joint Base Pearl Harbor Hickam in Hawaii. Happel actually graduated from Pine Tree High School in Longview. However, he credits his time in Trinity for his success, credits hard work for his success. And on the note of success, Grove to DMS operators David and Rowena Robeson recently received the Star of a Month Award from the Woodland Heights Emergency Department in Lufkin. The Woodland Heights Emergency Department gives a Star of the Month Award to an EMS service each month. They vote on it and Groveton EMS won the award for the month of July. Congratulations to David and Rowena. And on the note of medical services, the Trinity Memorial Hospital District will have a board meeting at 5.30 on Monday to discuss the proposed tax rate. The current tax rate is $0.13 cents per $100 valuation. However, members of the board are eagerly trying to resurrect the emergency room which closed its doors on August 1st, 2017. In order to do that, they must raise the hospital tax for the Trinity Hospital District to $0.40 cents per $100 valuation. So we'll find out on Monday whether or not the hospital board will go through with that. And last but not least, 
The B section this week is exclusively devoted to volleyball. That's right, the Trinity, Groveton, and Apple Springs volleyball teams are featured in the B section as we have our volleyball season preview. The season actually began last week as all three teams competed in tournaments. Trinity finished second in the bronze bracket in the Palestine tournament. Groveton took fourth in the Onalaska tournament. And Apple Springs played three matches in a four-team round-robin Cold Spring tournament. It is worth noting that Apple Springs was to compete in the Goodrich tournament last weekend, but because Goodrich did not have enough girls to field a team, the Goodrich tournament was canceled, which left the teams who were participating scrambling, so Cold Spring just hosted a four-team round robin. Going into this weekend's tournament action, Apple Springs is idle. Trinity plays in Leon tournament and Groveton hosts its own tournament. Trinity is 3-4. and four. Groveton is 3-5. and five. Apple Springs is 0-5. Oh However, Apple Springs is a young and coming team and a few reps together, they will likely pick up a few wins. They visit Oakwood at 4.30 on Tuesday. East Texas. This is Tony Browning of the Houston County Courier. Houston County is bracing itself for the back-to-school rush. Area teachers are returning to schools to ready their classrooms for the new year. At this time of year, everyone should be more cautious while driving. Children will be walking to meet their buses and may have to cross the streets to do so. Buses that are stopped have flashing lights or warning drivers to halt as they are picking up or dropping off children, as these children may have to cross the road to get to their homes. Please, just be aware. Also, also remember that talking on your cell phone in a school zone is illegal. In Houston County, this law is taken very seriously by local law enforcement. In sports, it's football is gearing up for their new season. The Crockett Bulldogs, Love Lady Lions, and Grapeland Sandys are preparing for their first preseason scrimmage this Friday. Crockett and Grapeland will be at home while Love Lady will hit the road to Bullard. Love Lady's 2019 volleyball campaign got off to a great start. They won first place at the Onalaska Tournament last weekend. See the August 15 Courier for memorable photo of the team. More volleyball game stats are listed on page 2B. The Courier would like to say happy 60th wedding anniversary to longtime subscribers Frank and Shirley Smoldis. See their photo on page 2A in the August 15 paper. Remember, we print anniversaries that are 50 years and more at no charge. Each week on page 2A, we feature a calendar of events coming up in Houston County. Send us your church or nonprofit event as these are printed for free. On the calendar this week, Friends of Wheeler Springs Baptist Church Restoration Project are hosting an annual homecoming musical on Sunday, August 17th at the Hampton Memorial Church in Crockett. All choirs and gospel singing groups are very encouraged to attend. Also on the calendar, a peer-driven suicide Prevention Support Group meets every month on the fourth Thursday. This month, that will be August 22nd. The Piney Woods Lions Club is hosting a Nerf battle on August 24, 10 a.m. to noon at the First United Methodist Church. Have you ever thought about joining a volunteer fire department in your area? All Houston County fire departments are looking for new recruits. See the calendar on page 2A for the monthly meeting schedule of all Houston County volunteer fire departments. Attend one and see if this is for you. And now, here's our news reporter, Alton Porter, with local headlines. Thank you, Tony. And hello again, everyone. Well, this is another news-filled week, as Tony has already indicated. I just have a few more items to add. In our lead story on the front page of this week's, that is Thursday, August 15th issue of the Houston County Courier, we draw from an interview we had with Grapeland Mayor Bayless Daly, who gave us an update on the city of Grapeland's process in changing the city's economic development Development Corporation, known as an EDC, to a Municipal Development District, known as an MDD. 
The Great Bend Economic Development Corporation is being transformed to the Great Bend Municipal Development District. And after several months of planning and development, the new MDD is nearing the point where it will hit the ground running. The change to a MDD from an EDC is expected to be completed and the MDD to be up and running in October. Mayor Daly said actually the MDD already is in place and functional, but city officials are just waiting for state officials to set up the sales tax funding arrangement for the MDD and for members of the MDD Board of Directors to be appointed. Of course, you can see our full story from our interview with Mayor Daly uh, in this week's paper. In another front page story in this week's career, we provide our coverage of the Monday, August 12th meeting of the Crockett City Council. As expected, the Crockett City Council members approved a balanced $8 million fiscal year 2020 budget and held the first of two scheduled public hearings on the city's new fiscal year's proposed property tax rate at the meeting. According to the Crockett City Administrator, John Angerstein, quote, the biggest concern that's on everybody's mind with regard to the budget is how much we have going for streets. This budget has major emphasis on our street repairs. We're going from $200,000. Now we're at $289,912 projected to be spent on street repairs, end quote. Our story covers these and other matters addressed by the mayor and city council members, including a presentation by Crockett Police Chief Clayton Smith on a memorandum of understanding agreed to between city officials and Crockett Independent School District officials to provide a police officer to serve as a resource officer for Crockett schools. As you mentioned, Tony, Houston County schools are kicking off their 2019-2020 school year beginning today, Thursday, August 15th, and members are the Crockett Fire Department, Crockett Police Department, and Houston County Emergency Medical Services are helping Crockett area students who are in need of school supplies. Representatives of the three entities formed a team that collected supplies from gracious donors for needy students Saturday, August 10th, and will be distributed to needy Crockett students. See our photo of the team of first responders who collected supplies during the drive on the front page of this week's Courier. By the way, here are the dates of the first day of classes for students in Houston County Schools. Classes for Kennard ISD students begin today, Thursday, August 15th. The Texo ISD students will begin classes next Monday, August 19th. Classes for Lovelady ISD students will begin next week on Wednesday, August 21st. And the first day of classes for Grapevine ISD students and Crockett ISD students will be Monday, August 26th, the week after next. That's it for us for this podcast. And for more information and for news that we didn't have the time to cover here in the podcast, go to the paper. It's the uh, Thursday, August 15th edition of the Houston County Courier. We'll, we'll see you next week.